Are you ever faced with a decision and confused by your options? Become empowered with the knowledge to make informed choices, expand your awareness, and go beyond the mainstream. Infuse your life with spirituality and surround yourself with a community of like-minded people. Welcome to Empowered Today. Hello and welcome to Empowered Today. I'm Jen. And I'm Kaleem, and we're here to help you take a proactive approach to becoming empowered. And if you enjoy our podcast, be sure to visit empoweredtoday.net and subscribe. We have an outstanding opportunity today. I'm so excited. We have the one and only Kaleem Joy to share with us some pieces of her series It's going to be the 40 P's of pregnancy. We're going to share some really interesting information that will be empowering to pregnant women, their families, and those who are giving birth here in the near future. I'm excited to hear more about some of these 40 P's. Kaleem, can you share these with us? Well, let me give you a little history behind them first. Please do. Um, The 40 Ps started out well before my series, which I'll talk a little bit more about later today. And they came out with how many P words could I come up with that dealt with pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and breastfeeding. When I did that, I put two to three minute segments at each one of them and put those out on social media. Well, from that became a full-length series that's now entitled Natural Childbirth 101, which is accessible to anybody to have that uh, education, and I'll talk more about it. One of the most important parts for me when I go to educate families that are planning pregnancy, pregnant, getting ready to give birth, and going into becoming new parents is that they learn the difference between two words— And those two words are being a patient or taking personal ownership. So when we think about the word patient, when you look at it by definition, it actually means one who suffers. And often in the vast majority of places, they will, if you're pregnant, your terminology when you go to your care provider is that you're their patient. And Although some people would talk about childbirth as suffering, which we'll get into in a few minutes, (laughs) I would like you to think about the fact that the word patient really belongs to people who are sick or injured. It doesn't belong to a person who's pregnant. Pregnancy is the way that we bring new life into the world, the way we grow and we change, and it means we need to take personal ownership. Taking that personal ownership means becoming educated on all the different aspects of what this new part of life is and its expansion. Now, Jen, one of the ways that you and I met was when you were pregnant. You were pregnant with a surrogate baby, but I've also been with you for two of your bio babies. So maybe you could tell our listeners just a little bit about how you felt learning to take the difference between being a patient and personal ownership. Oh, absolutely happy to share my experience because for me, it changed everything about the way I look at medical care in general, outside of pregnancy, in addition to any time that we need medical care now. And it has to do with this exact topic. I think oftentimes our 
position is one of being a subject to someone superior in that kind of an environment. And it puts you in a position of taking instruction instead of being an empowered person. Whereas when you're looking at personal responsibility in medical care, again, pregnant or not, we want to be an advocate for ourselves and work with the medical provider to find the answer that we want instead of just blindly following their instruction. So when I first became pregnant and started uh, attending with a, an OBGYN, it became very clear to me very quickly, even before I had the wisdom that you imparted to me years later, that the five or so minutes that I saw this person, this medical provider, uh, you know, was once a month and then once every couple of weeks, didn't give them the whole picture of who I was and what I was doing to take care of my body. I had to take that responsibility. And so it was a big thing for me as a pregnant lady to be very protective of my body, my baby, and what was happening during those nine months of pregnancy. What you just said about the fact that it was your pregnancy and your body, your baby, and your right to do that is such an important focus because I, I will always say to someone, who's growing your baby? And they say, well, I am. Who's breathing for your baby? I am. Who's eating food for your baby? I am. Who's going to help your uterus to tighten and contract? Well, I am. Who's going to push your baby out? I am. And I remind them that the work that the care provider does is merely to assess that everything that they're doing, that everything looks good and well. Because a prenatal care and a provider can't ensure a healthy pregnancy. They can only give wisdom of what is going on. Now, as a midwife, I tell people, we focus on nature. So we focus on nutrition and supplements and the mind-body connection and stretching and getting everything for the maximum ability for that person to have the very best birth experience that has to happen under their own power. So taking personal ownership of educating themselves and being proactive with their care is how that can go forward better. So that leads us to a new P word. And our next P word is prevention. So when you look at prevention in the respect of pregnancy and birth, so many times I have people on the various uh, followings that I have, and they'll say, I'm 41 weeks, and they want to induce me. And I think we should have been doing a whole lot more beforehand, but not every type of care provider understands that prevention. My blood pressure's going up, and they're starting to worry about me having toxemia. Where did we need to go back? Let's go back in the pregnancy even further. And where you have to go back is in the beginning. It's helpful if you come into pregnancy with a lot of good health and nutrition. But even if you come into pregnancy and now's your time to start learning, begin learning. So I talk to families and I'm talking to all of you out there and saying prevention is your key to having your best experience, healthy baby, 
healthy you and the best birth possible, and frankly, the best postpartum too. So those preventions come by looking at what you're eating. And we're going to talk about that in future podcasts, but to to get a little snippet of it today, you want to eat as much as possible from the fresh food aisle. Spend as much time in the produce section and in the protein section. Leave everything else as very minimal. That alone helps to increase your sense of well-being. The other is taking a wonderful supplement called methylfolate. We've heard so much about folic acid and how that's so important, but now we realize through the generations that it's actually causing many people harm and difficulty because their bodies can't, don't have the enzyme to metabolize the artificial synthetic folic acid. So methylfolate is the natural broken down form that we need for cell division. And cell division means the baby cell divides into all their beautiful body parts. But as a birth giver, you have to half again double your blood and you need methylfolate to help double that blood. Because if you don't double it by the time you're 28 weeks, Your body doesn't have the blood supply to support the baby. And then by around 32 to 35 weeks, the blood pressure starts to climb because your vessels are contracting because you have less blood. So you see, this is a prevention for that high blood pressure going up. You've got to take that methylfolate in the beginning. Well, here's the other very, very important key, protein, because protein is what helps make that blood. So you have to eat protein at every snack, every meal. Eat, eat, eat it. Does it mean you eat steak six times a day? No. It means that you can eat nuts and nut butters and legumes and hummus and beans. Those are all good proteins as well. So methylfolate and protein help with prevention of a lot of the complications that come up that require interventions. Now, Jen, in your pregnancies, did you ever come across to some of those complications at all? The one complication that I had was a a blood sugar issue. And I found that during my first couple of, of pregnancies and before I had found out about midwifery care, that there wasn't a lot of prevention around the blood sugar, only identification. And even then, later on, uh, when I had other pregnancies, realized that that may have been a false positive reaction for a lot of other reasons. But what I realized was that the prevention really wasn't there. Uh, With traditional OB care, it was really more a matter of waiting until I tested positive. And then at that point, I was instructed to change my diet. What I learned in in other pregnancies, though, is that the prevention was to eat better just overall and then be mindful with uh, exercise and being able to take care of myself, rest when I needed to, that my body could regulate sugar without it causing any harm to me or to the baby. So that's another part, isn't it? It's blood sugar. And that's probably the second or even sometimes the most biggest focus in the mid part of pregnancy is, is the blood sugar doing okay? And I love what you said about the fact that they're only looking for it. And yet there's no prevention of what would you do to not have to have that? 
And then once it's tested and it comes up, well, they'll teach you how to do it finally. And I'm like, why are we waiting till the problem arises? So prevention is really important so that the birth goes well. Because if you get high blood pressure, if you get gestational and it gets out of control, if those things occur, those complications then warrant interventions. And interventions are a cascade that leads you down a path that may not be the experience that you were hoping for. So that leads us to our third P word. We're not going to go through all 40 today. That you have to come to my series because the series is a, an immense expanded version that families who take my series, they go through all of pregnancy, through the nutrition, the supplements, what to do, what not to do, chiropractic and massage. It goes through body basics and how to get their pelvis and their baby lined up, and then how to go through the birth and their mind and their body and their spirit, as well as how birth works. And one of the things I love is that I always explain to families through the series, why? We use an herb in pregnancy called dandelion. Why? Why do we use it? It helps keep the liver working well, and it keeps the blood pressure under control, and it keeps the, the body from swelling. It's a nourishment. It's a food. And I love helping people understand why. And in that pregnancy side, I go through all the tests and the ultrasounds. What are they good for? When do you need them? What's the benefits? What's the risks? And it gives you such a wide basis, including going on to breastfeeding. All of the positions, what makes milk, complications with breastfeeding, and what might be the issues. There's even a full hour for partners, for VBACs, medical interventions, and how to understand epidurals and et cetera. So I'm so happy that that series is out there in its entirety that started with the 40 Ps. So let's move on to number three. Number three is your care provider or place of birth. Now, when people get pregnant, most of the time they say, oh, I'm going to go to my OBGYN. An OBGYN is only one kind of provider that you can opt for. Another is a certified nurse midwife, and another is a direct entry midwife. You also, by the way you choose a care provider, that also determines where you give birth. So if you choose an OBGYN with very, very few exceptions, you're going to give birth in a hospital. If you choose a certified nurse midwife, you might give it birth in a hospital or a birth center. If you choose a direct entry midwife, you might give birth in a birth center or at home. And so who you choose is going to determine how your care is, is perceived, the type of education, the amount of time, and how your birth is going to occur and where it's going to occur. Now, Jen, you've had uh, experiences in both hospital and home. And maybe you can share a little bit about what that was like and how you kind of made a determination to switch. So now let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Courses.naturalchildbirth101.com is your premium education video online series for pregnancy, childbirth, breastfeeding, and parenting. Natural Childbirth 101 will be your guide on your journey to welcoming your baby with joy and celebration. Learn the proven ways that thousands have used to take ownership for their journey and to create the most amazing memories you and your baby will share for a lifetime. 
Go to courses.naturalchildbirth101 to subscribe to your Bundle of Joy subscription today. Yeah, first two deliveries for me were in a hospital. And the first one was by default. And we talk about that in other podcasts. Oftentimes you make decisions based on what is normal or what you perceive as normal. For me at that point, you were pregnant, you went to a hospital. That was just kind of what you did. So I picked a OBGYN and gave birth in a hospital. My birth experience in a hospital was not personal. And that I guess that's the easiest way to describe it for me. It wasn't anything about it that was unique for my situation or my desires. You checked in the same way everyone else checked in. You gave up your clothes and put on a robe like anybody else would. You had a blood pressure cuff and an IV like anybody else would. Your doctor came and went. It was very routine. And the outcome was a healthy baby, and I was healthy. That was a win, according to the doctors and the hospital. But for me, I was aware there was something missing. I couldn't identify it then, but I knew that there was some aspect of that delivery that I wanted to be different. When I began looking at hospital setting again for delivery number two, that was for my first surrogate delivery. And so it wasn't just my decision as to where and how we delivered. And so a hospital setting was, again, the default. It was the choice that was made because that's just what you did. But I knew at this point that I was going to ask more questions because the environment that I was in, the people and the uh, the community that I was with at that point had started to bring to my attention that there were other options. And so me being a very curious person and an informed consumer, I decided to start looking into what else was possible. The surrogate baby's parents were not open to doing anything other than a hospital setting. So the decision was made that I would deliver at a hospital, actually the same hospital as the first delivery. So I was comfortable enough knowing the familiar, but I knew that if I had another baby after that, that I would explore other options. The second delivery was as uneventful as the first, and my body was uh, easily recovering, no issues. So with my third delivery, also a surrogacy, I decided that I was going to investigate other options, and that's when I met you. And at that point, I began to express an interest in really doing birth different. And I learned a little bit more about midwifery care. I learned what it would mean to me to deliver in an alternative location um, and the way in which uh, the birth would look and feel that could be customized. It could be unique to me. And that intrigued me. So the third delivery was a home birth with you in attendance. And I was able to have my own clothes. I was able to give, um, you know, ask for things that I wanted, food, drink. I was able to be 
uh, in a position that made me comfortable. And when the baby was born, the baby's parents were able to immediately be a part of her life. That experience showed in, in very clear ways the difference for me between hospital and home birth. And I have been a proponent of midwifery care and home birth ever since. I've had two more babies with you in attendance. Both have been beautiful experiences and healthy, wonderful babies and mom, eh, me, uh, as a result. I remember. (laughs) It's such a, a joy to sit across from you and think about the experiences and remembering how how we went about being able to get that opportunity for you to give birth to that second surrogate baby at home and really the education that the intended parents had to be willing to open up to. And, and I think that's something that I really want our listeners to understand, that this is about opening up to other concepts, other ideas. And our all of our podcasts are about going outside of what you may know to something that you may not know and looking at all your options. Um, I know that uh, now that I'm, I've gone from doing home birth for 20 plus years to being at the California Birth Center now, um, that opened my eyes to an entirely different opportunity for families who home isn't really something that they felt comfortable with, but not wanting to be in the hospital and all of the various things that that they felt were not in alignment with what their views of their experience needed to be. And now they come to the birth center, they have midwifery care, and they have beautiful births that are non-interventive and I think one of the differences, too, is that they they really get to know their care provider and they're with them for 45 minutes to an hour at every visit. And after the baby, it's a celebration and it's gentleness and respect for the baby and that, you know, we're watching over both of them after the birth, not just, well, the baby's out, it's not my problem anymore. It's no, the the birth giver, the mom and the baby are synonymous with each other. And everything is about feeding at that point, which is a, a, a dual situation that the care provider needs to support. And I have always loved that part of midwifery. I've loved that moment when that baby comes up into their arms. And I know the transformation that has happened in their lives. I sit back and I'm like, I know something amazing has just happened to all of them. And I especially know that this new being on the planet has begun life in a very different way than having their cords cut and clamped and put on a warming table and roughly dried off and other people, you know, touching and holding them and et cetera. And and that is exciting to me. Every single one of them has been like that. Um, so getting to birth, right? You've had experiences in both hospital and home, and you've learned about walking the path that everybody has walked and then beginning to learn ideas and then 
understanding that there really was a different care provider in a different place and that the experience would be different that way as well. When I talk to people and I say, why is it that you wouldn't give birth at home or in a freestanding birth center? And the number one answer that they give to me is because they're afraid of the pain. So I want to bring that to light because P, another word for P is pain. Well, I want you to think about, listeners, for a moment, I want you to think about, other than when people talk about childbirth, when you experience pain. And normally that's when you've gotten injured. It, it can be an emotional pain too. What does that usually lead to you to do? If you cut your finger, what does that lead you to do? Well, it usually leads you to go to an emergency room to get sutured up or put a Band-Aid on it. Perhaps you've hurt your back. Maybe that would lead you to a chiropractor or a massage therapist. You're asking for something because you've gotten injured and pain is there because your brain wants you to know you've gotten hurt and it wants you to protect yourself, which says, stop, I don't want you to hurt yourself anymore. So I'm going to ask you to open your mind like you do with all of our podcasts, but if this is your first time with us, open your mind and let's explore a new P word. And the new P word that goes with birth is power. Power is really what's happening in your body because birth was meant to work even if no one was there with you because it's like eating, it's like breathing, it's like digesting food. Our bodies, you get those babies in there and even if you had to go through in vitro to get your baby in there, you're still the one that's going to grow the baby and birth the baby. And being able to know that you are a strong and powerful being, the power is really what's going on in your body. Your uterus, your womb home that's encasing your beautiful baby starts to expand. We use the word contraction because that's how the muscle fibers shorten. That's why that word is that way. But it expands in order to help bring itself up into the top and then push your baby out. And it does that because of the power inside you, not outside of you. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from deep inside you. And that, Jen, when you were giving birth to your babies and the ones that I had the privilege to be with you at, you were powerful. And that power is what brings these babies into the world. The power is nothing to be afraid of because it isn't anything except who you are. And when you and any one of our listeners can say, oh, I never thought about it that way. This power that's going on is coming from inside of me and it's showing me how strong and powerful of a person that I am. I don't need to be afraid of that. I need to celebrate that. Now, those of you who may have given birth might say, well, I would call it pain. And that's okay. You can call it pain. But what I remind people is it has to be pain with a different definition. It's a purpose. A purpose behind bringing a baby into the world. Nothing's wrong. In fact, everything is right. So you want to embrace those sensations and say yes to them and let them open and let that power surge. 
So bringing our 40 Ps into a closure at this point, what I want our listeners to understand is something that happened for you when you had your first surrogate baby. And I'll give you a little reminder, and then you could take the story from there, was that your family, when actually when you were giving birth to your second surrogate baby at home, and they said, but how can you do that at home when you were experiencing so much pain with your first surrogate baby in the hospital? I remember the experience in the hospital, and I remember seeing the faces of those that were around me at that experience. And I remember talking with them after the fact, because a few in particular were taken aback by the energy and the extreme uh, reaction. And I had to share with them that the reaction and what they saw in that room... And their interpretation of it. True. ...was a result of lack of support for my experience. It was more a level of frustration and the inability to channel the power that I had appropriately for that moment. It felt a little bit like being a caged lion. If you want to get up and move and express the power, but you're told to sit still in the bed, there's really very little you can do other than express it through your mouth. And so there was a lot of vocalization that day, and my family did not know how to interpret it. So when it came time to have the the next delivery, and of course, we hadn't had any real conversation around it. It had all been kind of internalized at at their end. Their experience of it was kind of uh, filed away for future reference, so to speak. They expressed that it was such a horrible experience for me, and I had had such a hard time, and I was so puzzled by what they were saying. It didn't make any sense because it was so different than my internal experience and my understanding of what was happening. We had to have a very long conversation so that I could reframe their experience and help them understand what it was that they were truly seeing that day. The power behind birth is immense. There's really no word for it. If pain is the best people can do, I, again, understand. But there's nothing like the experience of the force that happens inside, outside, around you. It's emotional, spiritual, physical. It's everything coming into play at one time. And so if you're not supported, if you're not given ability to channel that power, I could see how that could cause you pain. I could see how the experience of it could be overwhelming. But if you're in a situation with people around you who believe in you and who feel the gravity of what's happening in the moment and honor that power, it channels without restriction. 
and it moves seamlessly and you don't feel it the same way. It, there's nothing trying to block it or keep it from being fully expressed. And in that moment, a power like birth, it changes you. It changes you as the birth giver. It changes the people who are witnessing it. It changes the baby. And it fully connects you to the infinite. There's no other experience like it. And it was certainly one that I, from that moment, that first home birth, I wanted to tell anybody and everybody who was considering having a home birth or or considering not having a home birth about what they could do different, about how choosing midwifery care in a setting that would fully embrace and empower them would change their life forever. I think that power that came from inside of you was also a determination by the mindset that you had. And that, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what was the mind? How did we set in motion that this was what we wanted to do? And being able to deal with the outside sources that were telling us other things, it's, it's being that determined And that's why when I talk about pain or power, power is an option to think about it as power. And the more that we embrace that power, the better the birth is. But it's transformational in our lives. And that's really what that power is meant to do, is to bring us into the fullness of who you are. Because you need to be able to channel that power as a parent to protect, guide, and nurture your children. And without the connection to that power going forward, it diminishes your ease at being able to move into that next role. Being a parent of a new baby, you need it. You got to draw on it. There's going to be challenges. In the first week's days, you're going to need to know that you can move heaven and earth for that baby. And it's, it is transformational. There's a purpose. That's another P word on my 40 Ps. There's a purpose why you give birth. And that's what I hope our listeners learn. So bringing us to a close here, the 40 Ps were really fun to do. And they opened up the door for the complete series that everyone has access to. They can go to courses.naturalchildbirth101.com and anybody can subscribe to these. And everybody should. (laughs) Well, I always think so, and I appreciate your support with it, of course, because you've experienced this. And I know that it will change the course of how they view their pregnancy, their births, their breastfeeding, on up into parenting into 6 to 12 weeks. I know this. Why? Because I've served over a 1,000 families with this information, and thousands more have been taking the classes. And I've seen the difference, and I hear from the families what things have changed for them. And that's all that I want. I want this entire world to have the ability to trust birth again and to honor and accept the power that is within them to give birth to their babies and welcome them with courage and determination and clarity. 
Hear, hear. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed talking about the 40 Ps today and learning more about how to be empowered in your birth, pregnancy, and parenting choices. But we need to segue into how we're going to pay for these little people. We're going to move our next podcast into money and finances and how we come into our adult lives with thoughts and feelings about money, paradigms that have been given to us that may not serve us when it comes to our financial wellness. Well, we've come to the close of another podcast that I hope everyone has enjoyed and will be able to embrace. And we want to celebrate you, all of you, for making the decision to be with us today. And until next time, live your empowered life. Thank you for listening to Empowered Today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Natural Childbirth 101. We are looking forward to you joining us for our next episode.